If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 207 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on January 14th, 2024. Kind of weird to say, two weeks after the fact, but hey, my last episode was on December 31st, so what the hell. Welcome to 2024, everybody. It has been uh, quite the start to the new year. <laughs> Where do we begin? Well, I guess the beginning would be a good spot. First off, I hope you all had a happy and safe new year. Had a good time welcoming 2024 into our lives. Sure, it has the best of intentions, like all of its predecessors, but what it actually ends up doing could prove to be completely counter to that. We'll see. (laughs) Otherwise, my 27th birthday celebration was awesome. Definitely great. Couldn't be more thankful to the hundreds and hundreds of people I'm fortunate to have reached out to me on my birthday usually every year, and yet again this year who helped to make my 27th as special as all the rest, maybe even more special, honestly. And I always say I feel every single person should have at least that one day of each year for which they feel the entire world revolves around them. It's a nice feeling. So, had some friends come by, spoke to lots of others, spent time with my loved ones as always, the whole deal. It was honestly great. Always loved my birthday. Definitely wish it were warmer out during it. Literally in my least favorite season of winter, there's no baseball, and I can't tell you how many times there's been snow on the ground for my birthday, which makes me nauseous, but it also has its pros. It's a cool time to have with Christmas, New Year's, my birthday, boom, 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 all within like a week or a week and a half of each other. It's exciting, so it's a cool time of the year. So my birthday was terrific, New Year's was fun, lots going on in the Yankee universe the last couple of weeks since we last spoke on New Year's Eve. So, lots of positives there, for sure. But then, because there's always got to be something to balance the scales of life. (laughs) A few days ago, and this might answer your question that you might have been having these first couple of minutes of the episode as to why I sound less enthusiastic or sound a little bit under the weather. (laughs) Well, that's because I am. I am, or have been, not as much anymore, but I have been very very sick, very under the weather. I am on the mend now, finally, but as you can hear, I'm definitely not 100% as of yet. It's not even for a lack of enthusiasm, really. I just, I don't really have the energy much yet. Not fully restored, and my voice isn't at full capacity and all that, so still pretty sick here. Well, just be thankful you didn't hear me about three days ago, man, because you would have thought I had literally a half hour left to live. I'm not even kidding. You probably already know this if you follow me on social media, especially on Twitter or X, because I've spoken at length about it, about how crappy I feel. But that's how I felt. 
So there's probably going to be some throat clearing, maybe even some breaks here for some coughing fits. Who knows? <laughs> but that's just about how I felt since a few days after my birthday. That's when this really kicked in. Everybody and their mother's been getting sick lately. Even my girlfriend Victoria got sick. She got sick about a day before me, and then I came down with this. But a lot of people who do not follow me on Twitter or X, where I did reveal what I have, probably asking, well, Mike, what the hell is it that you even have? What knocked you on your ass so hard? Well, after thankfully avoiding it for the last 10 years or so, following the first and only other time I've ever had it prior, the flu decided to shove its way back into my life and hit me like an oncoming bullet train, quite frankly. Yes, I've been I've been down since overnight Monday into Tuesday until just I don't know, like yesterday ish. That's when I started to feel a positive turnaround more or less. So bunch of days just completely and utterly down and out. I even missed work from Tuesday all the way through to the weekend, which has never happened to me before. I never missed work for that long, or even school for that matter, for that long, going back to my school days, but when I got it 10 years ago, I remember it started out feeling like a cold. And then I unintentionally, of course, passed it on to my brother at the time. And then a few days later, I had one day where my temperature went up to about 103 and a half. It was about 10 or 11 years ago. So I was about, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. And my temperature skyrocketed to like the mid-103s, which is considered very dangerous when you get older when you're like a young adult and older than that that's a really high temperature and I was like hallucinating and everything it was terrible I thought I was gonna die felt absolutely awful worse than anything I had ever had at the time and ever since I was diagnosed with the flu at the time I was morbidly afraid of it all the way up until I just got it again now I've always been afraid of the flu because of that experience and Right when I started to come down with this, but the weird thing about that one in the past was that it lasted for like 24 hours, it was awful, and then it was gone. It went as quickly as it came. Really weird. Like the severe, the severity of it, the severe symptoms. This time, I started to feel a little bit funny Monday night, so about six days ago, I started to feel a little bit off. It felt like a post-nasal drip developing in the back of my throat. And then... Next thing I knew, like when it got later into the night when it was time for me to go to sleep, I had no intention of missing work the next day or coming down to be very sick. I went to sleep, and then not long after my head hit the pillow, I've had enough fevers in my life to be able to tell without even using a thermometer, but I just started to feel really off. Like some chills came in, some body aches came in, and I just felt like my body temperature was going up, and I could tell right in that moment that I was having a fever. And I don't know how many of you have had fevers in your life, or if you have, how often. I have had the misfortune of having a lot of fevers in my life, so I can I know when they're here without me even confirm, confirming it with a thermometer. And I could even give or take guess where it's at, or how severe it is, or how low it is if it's a low-grade fever. And usually when you have a fever, I don't know how many of you know this, it's very difficult to rest calmly or soundly. It's very hard. And I had a lot of trouble sleeping constantly in and out of sleep and having weird dreams and the whole the whole thing you know the expression like having a fever dream how bizarre it is yeah I was having those and I even thought I was hearing stuff that wasn't even happening and it was just really bizarre so I felt like my fever was running a bit rampant and 
So I woke up on Tuesday morning feeling like, like I said before, a bullet train had hit me. And my fever from Tuesday until maybe mid to late Thursday, when I wasn't on fever reducers of any kind, it was running as it had 10 or 11 years ago when I had last had the flu. It was running like in the low to mid 103s. It was really high again. And again, I felt like I was going to die. This was actually even worse than the last time because the last time I had the flu, like I had told you, those severe symptoms didn't kick in until maybe a few days after I had those cold symptoms. And the severe symptoms were really only there for about 24 hours and then it was just gone. This one, these severe symptoms started Tuesday and I did not start to feel better or start to feel like there's been any sort of a positive turnaround to being on the mend until like yesterday morning or afternoon. So this knocked me on my ass just like it did 10 or 11 years ago when I last had it when I was in like 10th grade for that one day except this time it did it for multiple days. So this time it was even worse and because of the way I was feeling on Tuesday and Wednesday I was literally telling my mom and everybody else this has got to be the flu. The only time I've ever felt this terrible was when I had the flu for those 24 hours or so, about 10 or 11 years ago. What do you know, on Thursday, when I'm just continuing to still run the same fever and feel just as crappy or even worse and worse, I finally take myself to the doctor and I get diagnosed with the flu. What do you know, I was right. I had a feeling. I had literally only ever felt worse or just this as bad as this one other time in my whole life and it was when I had the flu. So I knew it was that. I got confirmed that it was that. And I just stayed the course, continued to take care of myself as I was. Doctor said I was already doing a good job. The only added thing I had was they prescribed Tamiflu to me, which I am going to be done taking as of tomorrow, two every five days. So, not that you guys had to hear this whole diatribe of my flu troubles the last few days, but just to give you some in-depth reasoning as to why I might not sound like myself in this episode so you guys aren't confused or puzzled or anything. So, I'm still on the mend from it. This is only day two or so that I've actually felt like I've been making some improvements, so I'm still coming back from it. I really suffered from like Tuesday to Friday or yesterday, guys. I I went through it. You could ask anybody who was talking to me or anybody who lives with me, my mom, my brother, who saw me or heard me or anything. I have been through it. <laughs> this was truly, absolutely terrible. High fevers, now my chest is tight and I'm coughing and... All kinds of crap is coming out of me, which is a good thing. Got to get it out. And my voice is not at full capacity yet, and my chest is still a bit tight, and the fever's gone, thank God. That's the big thing. So, the whole nine yards, it's just terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So just bear with me today. That's the only thing I ask of you. Just bear with me. Like I said, the voice, just be patient with it chest is a bit tight so you might hear me almost feel like I'm laboring just by talking at times I'm trying to I might be trying to hold off a cough until I absolutely can't anymore so I'm definitely limited today as I continue to recover from this crap which is definitely a disease the flu is definitely a disease that's <clears throat> truly straight out of hell itself I'm convinced I'm deadly serious it's literally the worst thing I've had both times I've had the misfortune of crossing its path Just terrible. I don't wish it on anybody. Absolutely terrible. 
Hope I never get it again. If I never get it again, it'll be way too soon, honestly. Way too soon. And like I said before, if you think I sound bad today, God, I wish you would have heard me like two days ago even. Really, really bad. Because I also even had very bad throat pain up until just about like last night. And when my throat pain was at its worst and I was at my worst every other way too, I literally sounded like I was dying. <laughs> like I literally sounded like I had about a half an hour to live. Terrible. I've been sick quite a bit in my life, but there is nothing out there that I have had that has knocked me just down for the count like the flu has both times I've had it. It really is... It's amazing what, what it does. I don't even know if amazing is quite the right word for it, but it's 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 mind-boggling. It renders you speechless. It really does. It really sucks the life out of you. It makes you feel like you are going to pass away at any moment. It's, it's just unlike anything I've ever had. Anything else, almost anything else, I swear, it like tickles compared to the flu. It's just crazy. So again, just bear with me today. I'm going to do my best to... Try to make this as informative an episode as possible. Usually I always say as entertaining and thrilling an episode as possible, but I don't know how entertaining and thrilling I can make it as I usually do when I sound like this and I feel like this. So, again, if you're here for some good information and just a good conversation, you're still going to get that today. But if you're here for the antics and the fun and the entertainment, then you might as well just wait for next week or listen back to an older episode. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Just being very honest with you. Also, because I'm feeling this way, and we're almost 15 minutes in already because I can't shut my yap or what the hell else is new, but just a little heads up as well, since I'm not at my best, and I want to still give as good an episode as I possibly can, and I don't want to overdo it for myself, I do not have a social media segment for today, which yes, I know really stinks, Um, especially in light of what's happened with the Yankees recently, there's definitely a lot to gauge people's thoughts on, and I will get back to doing that in my next episode for sure, not to worry, but I just don't have it in me to do a full-fledged episode today, guys. I really don't. I hope you understand. Um, The fact that I'm even doing an episode at all, quite frankly, is pretty crazy because I just kind of feel like hanging out and still just continuing to get my rest. I plan on going back to work tomorrow too, so I'm going to try to get back to it, give it my best shot tomorrow, but... I just wanted to do some sort of an episode today because, I mean, I did four episodes in December because of how the dates lined up and everything that happened. I ended up doing multiple episodes in a row a couple of weeks, especially with the Juan Soto stuff going down and all that. Um, So I did give four episodes in December, but it's going to be much less in January because if nothing happens this coming week, then the next time you'll be hearing from me again is the 28th. Hopefully by then I'm at full energy again. I would hope so. Two weeks from now. And... At that point, you'd only be getting two January episodes because the way December lined up, last time I spoke to you was the 31st and took me two weeks all the way to the 14th today, which is long enough. That's why it took until now to give you the first episode of 2024 because of how that all lined up. But I certainly didn't want to push off another week and make you guys wait for the first Yapping Yankees episode of 2024 until January 21st. I didn't want to do that, so... I wanted to do some sort of an episode today, even if it wasn't my best, because I'm not at my best. But also, obviously, a lot happened recently in the Yankees universe that we got to talk about, and I've wanted to talk about. It kills me to wait to, like, talk about all this stuff, especially when it's, like, really fresh and everybody's talking about it, and I just want to get in front of the microphone and discuss it with you guys. So, for today, 
since it's the offseason, there's obviously no games to recap. And since there's no social media segment, we're going to keep it really easy today, guys. This episode's probably going to be under an hour, which almost never happens with Yapping Yankees. I'm well aware of that. But we're just going to go through some news and then just call it a day. We're going to talk about everything that's happened lately. We're going to have some fun talking about it. And I'm glad that I can finally get in front of the microphone to discuss it with you guys. I was hoping the last couple of days, just please let me be just good enough to put out some sort of content on Sunday, please God. And I'm well enough to do that at least, so here I am. And all I ask is that you just bear with me through it, and I hope that you're happy you're getting an episode at all. I hope so. I would hope that it's better than nothing. I know there are a lot of people who have missed me and have been craving the first episode of 2024. I do know that for a fact based off of what some people have said to me on social media. So I hope a lot of you guys are happy that I'm coming at you with an episode, even if I'm not at my best, and I'll do my best to get through it. That's all I can tell you. But we do have quite a bit to get to in the news. Quite a bit. And there's a big one that I know a lot of you must be very excited to hear my opinion about. (laughs) So we'll get to that. We will definitely get to it. But there's actually something else I wanted to start off with first. And it was based off of something that we've been talking about a lot lately. We've been talking about a lot of the starting pitchers out there available for the Yankees to either sign or trade for. And the last episode on New Year's Eve that I had, which was a lot of fun, I hope you guys enjoyed that one, was mainly centered around starting pitching and what the Yankees could do, all of us and all of our talks about what they could do to improve the starting rotation. Now, a lot of people have been talking about how they could afford to get another reliever or two as well. Josh Hader has been a topic of conversation. Jordan Hicks was a topic of conversation, at least up until he just signed his latest contract on Friday with the Giants, a four-year, $44 million contract, so Jordan Hicks is off the market now. But So the relievers have been a topic. Yankees have obviously well addressed the hitting, especially with the acquisition of Juan Soto and all the depth that they've continued to acquire otherwise. But the main area of conversation, of course, and the most important remaining, at least in my opinion, I've been very vocal about thinking that, is the starting rotation. And a couple of weeks ago, that was the main topic of conversation. It'll be a big one yet again today as the conversations about it all continue and the Yankees continue to hopefully make moves in this arena as well. Well, there's something that I wanted to address. And if you looked at the comments section of episode 206 on SoundCloud or YouTube, you will notice a correction that I had to put for the video because by the time I had realized my mistake, everything was already uploaded and it was too late to do anything about it. And I had spoken about it at length too much throughout the episode to even edit it to make it sound better or what have you. So I've waited two weeks and I've had to wait two weeks to do this, but better late than never, finally going to make this official correction on record on recording now, and this just goes to show, you know, I'm the man of self-accountability, I always say that, I'm glad to admit when I'm wrong and when I make stupid mistakes like this, but we were talking about Blake Snell as a major point of conversation because he was definitely a point of interest that people were talking about as far as starting pitchers, and I was talking about two weeks ago, in particular, about trade packages that it would take to get him. Because I was saying he had one more year left on his contract with San Diego. Well, he doesn't. (laughs) He does not have one more year left on his deal. That would otherwise make it a trade if he did. He's a free agent, and I'm a moron. (laughs) So, there's that. So, 
I'm very sorry for saying that. <clears throat> Turns out two weeks ago, I had just taken bad notes. I don't know. I was talking about a lot of different starting pitchers, as you know. I think I was talking about at least like six of them. And it must have just been a stupid mix-up I had put in my notes for those who had a last year of arbitration or maybe one more year on their deal, and I must have just mixed up and crossed notes somewhere. I didn't make the mistake elsewhere. I must have just screwed it up when I was taking my notes on Snell. So, really dumb mistake on my part. Listen, it happens. I'm human. We're all human. It happens. Sorry about that. I had known throughout the entire time, I think I even mentioned on prior episodes before the 31st, that um, that Snell is a free agent and what it would cost contractually, perhaps. I, I think I even mentioned that before. It was just a dumb screw-up. I'm sorry about that. So, yeah, just basically cancel out all of that trade discussion that I was talking about with Blake Snell a couple of weeks ago and talking about what it would take to get him. Um, but otherwise, the main point, the main idea of what I was trying to say with him still remains the same about what it would cost to get him. I still think that it would be too much. But rather than talking about it in a trade package mindset, we just have to talk about it in a contractual mindset now. And recent news would suggest that I'm correct about that. Because the overall point I was trying to drive home, even if I had taken bad notes and I was wrong about whether or not he was a free agent, my overall point about saying why I don't think Snell would be here, even though I wouldn't have a problem with him being here, of course, just won the Cy Young in the National League. And there are a lot of good things about him, despite his high walk rate and not tending to go too deep into baseball games and all that stuff. A lot of positives about him. I certainly would not have a problem with him coming here. There's no doubt about that. But... My overall point about me thinking it would truly just take too much to get him here, well, that still holds true just in contractual form now, as opposed to what was the trade package discussion a couple of weeks ago. And it turns out that recent news would suggest as much, because he is requesting a contract that is apparently like in the mid-200 millions, which I just don't think the Yankees or or much of anybody else would be willing to do. Maybe somebody else would be willing to do it, but... There were even reports today that the Yankees offered an official deal to him. The Yankees had been linked to him for a long time. For over a week now, the Yankees have been said to be linked to Blake Snell, having discussions with him. And and there was even news about a day or two ago that they made an official offer to him. And now, amidst hearing that he's asking for something around like $240 million, there is word that the Yankees offered him like $100 million less than that. So, I mean... My speculation, even if my detailing was wrong a couple of weeks ago, my overall feeling on the matter of Blake Snell costing too much and the Yankees possibly not being willing to do it seems to be holding true here. So Blake Snell, although he's definitely been linked with the Yankees, it's starting to look more and more like it's just not going to happen. So I definitely did want to start out the news segment by apologizing for that stupid mistake on my part a couple of weeks ago and by basically shedding some more light on the Blake Snell situation as the starting pitching situation continues to progress here. So there's the Blake Snell correction and the latest on him. Let's go through the rest of news, Yankees and otherwise, obviously mostly Yankees for what's happened the last couple of weeks since New Year's Eve. So basically, what's happened in 2024 so far, by definition. So on Thursday, January 4th, the day after my birthday, it was announced that the Yankees agreed to a deal with right-hander Cody Poteet on a one-year major league contract, and the deal was pending a past physical. And some background on him for people who didn't know much about him. I admittedly did not know much about him, because especially because he's been absent from the game for about a year and a half now. 
but he pitched for the Marlins in 2021 and 2022, and he pitched to a 4.45 ERA in 19 games, including nine starts. So in those 19 games, nine of them were starts, so 10 appearances were out of the pen. Now, the reason there's nothing for 2023, and like I said before, he has been missing from the game for the better part of the last year and a half, is because in August of 2022, he underwent Tommy John surgery, and then he signed a two-year minor league deal with the Royals and only pitched in one minor league game in late September in 2023. I mean, timeline and trajectory-wise, it kind of sounds like Frankie Montas, don't you think? (laughs) I mean, other than... This was Tommy John surgery, and Frankie Montas was shoulder issues, but still, the going out in late 2022 and not returning until the very, very end of the 2023 season is similar in that sense. But some background on his pitches, he throws up to 95-ish, so mid-90s with the fastball. He has a hard diving changeup with a respectable slider, too. So it could definitely turn out to be a nice depth move, especially... If in the event he stays healthy and Matt Blake gets his hands on him with stuff like that, he could actually turn out to be a pretty good piece on the team ultimately. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with him. But uh could turn out to be a nice under-the-radar signing by the Yankees there. Mainly out of the game, of course, for a while, other than the minor leagues, of course, in late September. But if he can bounce back nicely, stay healthy, and the Yankees pitching coaches and staff can get a hold of him, Matt Blake in particular, let's ride. See what we can get out of this kid. They also did claim that same day Bubba Thompson off of waivers from the Cincinnati Reds. And with him, the main and, well, only thing he really brings to the table here is that he's lightning fast. He's one of the fastest in the game, in fact. So, it could definitely be centered around base running substitutions, and he's also an outfielder, so there's even more depth there. They've definitely done a very nice job at acquiring outfielders, period, but then a lot more depth on top of that, so maybe a late-game substitution if need be, but mainly probably base running. It could really pay off sometimes to have those guys sitting on your bench just ready to be used at any time to run the bases who are just as fast as a bullet, and he could definitely serve as that. So Bubba Thompson on the Yankees as well claimed off of waivers. We'll see if he has any role with the big league club going forward. Then... About a week later, on Monday the 8th, just the day before I full-on got sick, (laughs) the Yankees did sign free agent infielder Kevin Smith to a deal. He played in the minors with the Blue Jays and the Oakland Athletics. So there's some infield depth for the Yankees, so they're just signing on a lot of depth lately. That's primarily been what they've done. They've done more other than that, but it's, it's... been a lot of depth, which I don't have a problem with. Even if they don't end up having a role with the big league club to that much of a capacity, it's always good to have around. That's what people have been saying with all the guys that they've lost as well. I know it's mainly been with pitching depth that they've lost, but just depth in general is a good thing to have. You don't want to completely gut your system and have no other backup options to go to. That's uh, that's quite literally how you run an organization into the ground. It's not only just about the main guys that you plan on using. you got to have backups in case everything comes apart. So especially if it costs little to absolutely nothing at all, you'll never hear me having a problem with depth signings, that's for sure. On Wednesday the 10th, it was officially announced, just for some scheduling purposes, some more news here. The Yankees pitchers and catchers were getting there already, guys. I know it's crazy. But to think that in a month, a month, we're going to be celebrating Yankees pitchers and catchers reporting 
to Tampa already. Because that's going to be taking place, it was made official on the 10th, that they will be reporting on February the 14th. It's January 14th today. So in one month, our pitchers and catchers will be holding workouts and have them met up in Tampa. Can't believe that. I cannot believe that. So happy. When I saw that on Wednesday, around that time when this news broke, I was basically on my deathbed, but as much of me as possible was as happy as possible. (laughs) Trust me, this was awesome news to be able to see. So, in one month, guys. And then a few days after that, on the 20th, the first full squad workout will be held. So, yeah, it is that close. The entire schedule, basically, more or less, was given out, and... Has baseball fans really looking forward to an awful lot. The first game that's going to be played in spring training is going to be on Thursday, February 22nd, just a couple of days after the Yankees' first full squad workout. It'll be the Dodgers and the Padres at 310 Eastern at the Padres camp. The 22nd. Just a little over a month away, guys. A little over a month. And the Yankees' first game will be against the Tigers. On Saturday, February 24th. That's just... It's crazy. It's crazy that it is that close already. I cannot believe it. So there's your latest when it comes to when to expect pitchers and catchers. First full squad workout. First game of spring training. All the best first things to look to when it comes to bringing baseball back into our lives. Finally, right? Thursday the 11th, the next day, it was revealed that the Yankees did, in fact, bring back Luke Weaver. You do remember that the Yankees brought him in for the second half of 2023? Well, they are bringing him back on a one-year, $2 million contract pending a physical. And the deal does include a club option for 2025, and if that's exercised, it gives the deal the potential to max out at $8.25 million for him. So Luke Weaver returns to the team, and a lot of people were clowning on this and everything, saying, oh, this is the big move. And <laughs> Well, listen, when Luke Weaver was first acquired, definitely I don't think any of us really thought much of anything of him. His numbers were definitely less than impressive when he was first brought over. I mean, you quite literally look at any point of his career, regardless of who he was with, whether it was the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, the Royals, the Reds, the Mariners, it doesn't matter. You pick your poison. No matter who it was that he pitched with, I mean, it was uh, it was pretty ugly. He was with three different teams in 2023. He was with the Reds, the Mariners, and the Yankees. Did his bouncing around, and ultimately when he ended up with the Yankees, his numbers obviously were less than impressive. In Cincinnati, which is where he spent most of the time, he started 21 games and pitched to a 687 ERA. And then in Seattle, he only started one game and appeared in five for them, 608 ERA. So then when he came to the Yankees again, nobody really even cared to think much of anything about him. But when he came here, he actually wasn't brutal. <laughs> he was not bad. In three outings, which the Yankees actually had him start, especially in the second half when things were the way they were, Pitched to a 3.38 ERA, and in 13 and a third innings, he struck out 16 guys. So he had a high whiff rate, that's for sure. And he actually wasn't awful. He wasn't. He was. He was pretty decent. So 
the Yankees thought he was decent enough, I guess, to bring him back just on a $2 million deal with, a, with an option on the contract. I don't think that's brutal at all. Can't hurt. Everybody's always talking about it. The Yankees have no pitching depth anymore, so it can't hurt to add this, especially if he continues that higher strikeout rate and he can just keep those numbers to being at least decent. I don't see how this one really hurts. On the cheap, could end up being a decent option to turn to. So Luke Weaver, back with the Yankees. Also, some news on top of that worth mentioning. The Yankees, because this period is approaching, obviously, we are talking about two weeks ago which pitchers are on the last year of their deals or which pitchers are on the last year of arbitration, which players in general are on their last years of arbitration or just have another year in general of arbitration. Well, the Yankees, with that time approaching, have avoided arbitration with all of their eligible players. And I'll run down the list just so everybody is aware of who they are and what they were able to settle with them on. First off is Juan Soto. We knew that Juan Soto was in the last year of his arbitration, hence him being a rental, at least as of right now, prior to being extended or signed next offseason in free agency. However, Juan Soto and the Yankees were able to settle on $31 million in his final year of arbitration, so that's how much Juan Soto will be making this year, quite a bit. Glaber Torres and the Yankees settled on $14.2 million. Alex Verdugo and the Yankees, $8.7 million. Clay Holmes and the Yankees, $6 million. Trent Grisham also acquired alongside Soto in the Yankees and Padres trade. He and the Yankees settled on $5.5 million. The Yankees and Nestor Cortez, $3.95 million. Yankees and Jose Trevino, $2.73 million. Jonathan Luizaga and the Yankees, $2.5 million. Yankees and Clark Schmidt, $2.25 million. And the Yankees and Victor Gonzalez, 860000 So the Yankees were able to avoid arbitration with everybody. No stress going into 2024. That's good. Everything's all settled. Time to move on from the arbitration talk. So that is that. Definitely not something you want to see looming over anybody's heads or the Yankees' heads and causing any kind of drama like it's had the tendency to do in the past. Definitely not a situation anybody likes to see play out. Speaking of arbitration, though, and also to follow up on the prior Blake Snell discussion when it comes to the story of what's going on with other pitchers around the league, that a lot of Yankee fans have been throwing their names around when it comes to potential involvement with the Yankees or, or wanting them to be a part of the Yankees at some point. Well, you may recall that a couple of weeks ago, the man that I'm about to mention is one of the two names that I mentioned as far as names that I would have liked to have seen the Yankees bring in to join this rotation. And speaking of other pitches around the league and arbitration, I figured I'd also mention that on Thursday the 11th, that it was announced that Shane Bieber of the Guardians settled with the Guardians on $13.125 million, avoiding arbitration with Cleveland. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it's out of the realm of possibility that the Yankees bring him in, because it's not what it means. They could still trade for him, obviously. It's just that they would have to also now be willing to take on that amount of money for arbitration as opposed to acquiring him beforehand and settling with him themselves. So, Shane Bieber's probably still the guy. Montgomery was the other one for me. It's probably not going to happen anymore at this point. Wanting a reunion with him and then trading for Bieber. That was really my desire a couple of weeks ago. But since the free agent signing has taken place, or a signing has taken place for 
a bigger arm for the starting rotation recently, which is one that we will get to and cap off the episode with, considering it's the biggest item of news of the last couple of weeks and one of the bigger items of news this offseason, therefore, just happened a few days ago. Definitely have my opinions on that, as you guys probably can only imagine, but... Just wanted to also mention that Shane Bieber, as a reminder, is one of the ones I wanted. Still think that it's possible that they could hit up Cleveland and ask them what it would take for him. Just inquire about him, see what the deal is. So, in any event, though, regardless of whether or not he becomes a Yankee, just because he has definitely been a name mentioned amongst people wanting him to be a Yankee someday for 2024... Myself included, I figured I would mention the latest on him and Cleveland settling on arbitration. Obviously, since we just got done talking about arbitration with the Yankees as well. So, Now, speaking of what I just mentioned before, which is basically the pinnacle of news for this past week. As far as major things to talk about, this will probably round us off for the day. But the Yankees did, in fact, make a big signing for a starting pitcher. Now, the signing for starting pitcher that I thought was going to happen, most likely, and there have been conflicting reports that Montgomery still holds a grudge with the Yankees for them not using him for the 2022 postseason rotation, which I even have come down on them about, and everybody has rightfully so, and all that. But And there have been reports that Montgomery thought that maybe he couldn't use his stuff to his potential in the way that he quite wanted because the Yankees had their way that they wanted him to use his stuff and whatnot. And there have been a lot of reports out there. It's tough to tell what's true and what's not sometimes, but just some reports out there that he still holds a grudge or whatever. Regardless, now that this signing has happened, I do not think that a Montgomery reunion will take place. Even though the Yankees have really not spent much at all on free agent signings, really this is the chunk of it. Really, the vast, vast majority of it. With the exception of, you know, signing Kevin Smith and Luke Weaver now, Cody Poteet, but other than that, this is really where the big chunk of the, I would say, smaller amount of free agency money is going that the Yankees have actually spent this offseason because the main thing that they've done is really through trades, so... Really, the money that they've spent in this offseason, actually, except for this deal that we're about to talk about, is a bit on the smaller side, especially when you're considering what other teams have spent this winter, like uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, that's definitely a case of its own, to say the very least. But the Yankees have officially made a signing that actually has some money, a decent amount of money going elsewhere. I think it's actually... Considering who it is, I actually think it's a very good contract for the Yankees, contractually itself. But the Yankees, <laughs> here's the funny thing. This was not a guy that I was even really considering. And an episode or two ago, on one of the social media segments that we were talking about starting pitching on, somebody had brought up his name. And I was pretty much saying what I think most Yankee fans would have been saying, and probably are still saying, I can't really blame them that much, that really didn't want much at all to do with him, to say the least. Just didn't think it would be really a good fit here, and I just didn't really think there was any steam to it. Well, the portion about there not really being any steam to it, not really there being any discussion or any possibility of it happening, well, I was dead freaking wrong about that. (laughs) 
of course, there's plenty of reason to feel what I felt, but I guess all of it just proved to be crap. Like, it didn't really mean as much as was insinuated, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, nonetheless, it's done, so it is what it is, but it officially broke on the 11th, on Thursday, that the Yankees signed Marcus Stroman. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely worthy of a holy crap, Frank Barone. My gosh, to a two-year, $37 million contract with a vesting option for a third year. And now this is definitely, like I said before, the first bigger free agent signing of the offseason for the Yankees. And this, I mean, there were days before where it was insinuated that Marcus Stroman had a lot of interest in the Yankees. And then there were reports saying that the Yankees basically had no interest back because they declined to even make an offer. And then they were reports saying that there is mutual interest and the sides are talking and they're getting closer. So there were conflicting reports as there is for most things because who the hell knows much of anything anymore. And despite all of this, I was basically saying, I was like, oh my, could it actually... After everything that's happened and all the crap that Stroman said about the Yankees and all the drama that there's been and... And just really how polarizing a figure he is. I mean, I guess it's in the Yankees' nature to, to get these kind of guys of late, but still. Like, could it actually happen? Like, I was, I was just in disbelief. And then even more so when it was announced, it just started to pick up a lot of steam Thursday night. And then before you know it, Stroman on his Instagram posts a photo of himself without any context to it or any wording or anything. Posts a picture on his Instagram story of himself in a Yankee uniform, which basically told everybody everything they needed to know. Because then a matter of minutes later, it came flying across X, saying that it was official. He was a Yankee. Two years, $37 million contract, with an option for a third year. So it's a little over $18 million on average per year. Honestly, for Marcus Stroman, objectively, aside from all the personal crap that all of us have an issue with for him... When it comes to him as a pitcher, and when you think about what a lot of others who aren't even close to him talent-wise, what they've managed to get, like guys like Luis Severino, and no disrespect to Severino, it's just, I mean, it's a fact with what he did last year and how many of the last few years have been spent injured, and even someone like Frankie Montas, how they were able to get like between 14 and $16 million for this year. The fact the Yankees got Marcus Stroman, for just a little bit over 18 on average per year, that's a good contract. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else you prove, other than comparisons like that, that regardless of how I or anyone else feels about Marcus Stroman, when it comes to him strictly as a player and this contract, it's a that's a good contract by the Yankees, honestly. And with an option for a third year, too, if it works out well. 32 years old. He was an all-star last year still. So, <clears throat> uh, sorry. As you can imagine, I got a lot to say about this. <laughs> so, if you look back at last year, and I basically, when this person in my social media segment an episode or two ago mentioned Stroman, 
and I was talking about how I don't think it would ever happen, and I'm, I wouldn't really be for it happening, and, and all the reasoning for it. I mentioned a lot of this in my reasoning, that his numbers the last couple of years have kind of gone up and not in a great way. Not really too much of a high strikeout guy. Great ground ball guy. His ground ball rate is through the roof. Um, but obviously he's not getting any younger either, and he missed some starts last year. Slight injury concerns here and there, but I mean, been consistent for the most part throughout most of his career, but concerns here and there briefly with the injuries, and he missed a few starts last year, and the second half of 2023, despite being an all-star because of how good his first half was, second half he really fell off pretty hard. So, just some aspects about Stroman that made me uncomfortable, and then there's how much I just dislike him as a person, quite frankly. So, personal opinion-wise, I take a look at everything the Yankees have done this offseason, and what they've done each offseason the last year or two, and it's pretty funny when you look at it. This is the third... <laughs> The third antagonistic Yankees acquisition since the 2022 offseason, bro. Since the Yankees got Josh Donaldson. I think this regime gets off on acquiring guys we hate. (laughs) Just being honest. That's what it's really starting to look like at this point. Donaldson in 2022, right before the season began. Alongside IKF and otherwise. But as far as antagonistic players, that's what my point is. You got Donaldson... And now this offseason alone, Verdugo via trade coming in was definitely considered an antagonistic player against the Yankees. And now Stroman via signing. So I just thought that was pretty funny to point out and pretty true. Now, out of those three examples, this is definitely the most sensitive and touchy situation of all of them, guys. Even more touchy and sensitive than Marcus himself. I've spoken about Marcus plenty of times on this show. Plenty of times. Even before that episode or two ago when that person brought brought him up in the social media segment. Quite frankly, all of it's been negative, if I'm being honest. I'm self-accountable, I'm honest, you know, I got nothing to hide. (laughs) And even... When I was replying to that social media comment an episode or two ago, it was negative. I said I didn't want him here. I'd have a lot of concerns about him being with the team, being a cancer, being a negative presence. Because there's all the reason to. He's trashed the organization more than once. Despite there bafflingly being pictures on social media of Strowman in Yankees attire as a kid, whether it be a hat, a shirt, and all, it doesn't matter. Plenty of history of him as a kid supporting the Yankees, yet trashing them on social media a number of times. Went after the starting rotation. I mean, as if anybody even asked for his opinion on either one. And he's even called Yankee fans fickle. Not to mention having blocked about 99% of Yankee fans on Twitter or X. Most of which never even had a single interaction with the guy. Shockingly, I'm actually part of that 1% that isn't blocked. I know. (laughs) And I've even gone after him directly on Twitter. 
and yet he's got people blocked up the wazoo who never even had an interaction with him before. So try to figure that one out. I tried to myself, but hey, listen, he's a Yankee now, and I'm not blocked, so I guess that's cool, whatever. But <laughs> listen, especially because of what I've already said about him and staying consistent on all that, I think we all know that he's going to have to be damn near perfect and right out of the gate in order to even be able to dream of having even a remotely pleasant experience here. I myself, admittedly, am not going to have a lot of patience either. I'm not, just being honest. I even said in response to that social media reply about him that I don't want him on this team. And you know what? That's his own fault. Nobody's more self-accountable here than I am. It's his own fault because of how much of a loudmouth he's proven to be in the public eye. I don't think anybody can disagree with me there. It's more than fair to say. Everybody's got a right to an opinion. I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to one. But you don't know how this guy has acted unless you've seen it firsthand. This guy has the maturity of a three-year-old on public forum. He really does. It's both beyond maddening and stupefying, honestly from a professional athlete with the success he's had throughout much of his career. Stupefying. And because of that, I think we can all agree that at this point, because of it, he made his bed and now he's going to have to sleep in it. Yankee fans already have little patience without these antics. They'll boo a guy on his first day here if he does so much as strike out three times on opening day for his first game in uniform having had no beef with them at all in the past. (laughs) We've seen it happen plenty. So you throw in the antics? Could you even imagine? My point is, bro's got no wiggle room at all here. Smallest margin for error ever. (laughs) And I'm not thrilled about it. While also admitting the success he's had for a good chunk of his career, both can be true. This isn't a switch-up. I've also been honest about when I've spoken about him, despite my recent concerns about him. I've been honest that in the past he's had a great deal of success. He has. Everything can be true. Just because I'm talking positive about him, it isn't a switch-up. I've been honest. Still have my concerns. He could affect the clubhouse, like I've said. Things could snowball if things start off rough. Gotta hope his health holds up. Like I said before, he didn't finish strong in 2023 at all in the second half. Drove his ERA up to around four. And obviously, from a personal standpoint, there's just how I feel about him as a person. But here's what it ultimately comes down to after everything that I've just thrown at you when it comes to him. It's not a switch up from what I've always said. I can root for a player. I've always said this. I can root for a player to contribute to the team that I root for and contribute to the title I've been starving for for 15 years. But not for the person necessarily, basically. And I always try to give everyone a fair shot when they first get here. Can't say I haven't. I always do, usually. But I'm also not going to have a lot of patience at all here, admittedly. I'm just being honest about it. I'm being straight up. 
this should be interesting, man. Should be interesting. This could work out very well. I mean, he could come here with a chip on his shoulder and really just prove to be the fire that they're missing and really prove to be good for the middle of that rotation. And I said it could snowball for the worse if it starts out badly. Well, it could snowball for the better, too, if it starts out well and just continues from there. It could snowball very well positively, too, on the other side of that coin. But one thing's for sure, though. Now it's time for this guy more than most because of the mouth on him, but <laughs> it is now time for you to put your money where your humongous mouth is, Strowman. The key here, as opposed to the past, when you'd let your fingers on Twitter or X do the talking for you or your mouth itself doing the talking, here, you're going to have to let your great pitching do the talking. Because truth be told, that's really the only thing that'll get everyone else, including me, to stop their talking. And yeah, no one's perfect, so you can't expect that because that's unrealistic, but you pitch well, that'll silence everybody. Us fans are interesting, don't you think? I mean, in most cases, not all, but most, I think it's safe to say. If you perform up to par or beyond, much of everything else, possibly absolutely everything, especially the stupid petty crap like with Marcus, just dissipates. Done. <laughs> but <laughs> you let the wheels fall off and it spins out out of control then you're going to spin out harder and faster than just about anybody to ever step foot in this place. <laughs> Not going to be pretty. And that's putting it as nicely as humanly possible. There is no in-between for Marcus Stroman, I think it's safe to say. It's either going to be really good, or it's going to be really bad. That's my prediction for this whole thing. But that's the fact of it all. You pitch well, Everybody will shut up. Even I'll shut up. What am I going to say? <laughs> you pitch well. What am I going to say? And especially since you're a Yankee, I doubt that you're going to be talking crap about the organization as you're playing for them. So if that drama dissipates and you're pitching well, then, I mean, none of us are really going to have much to say. You let your pitching do the talking. Keep the mouth shut. Go out there. Do your job. And you just watch how everybody's going to love you. <laughs> That's how it works. It's, it just is. Well, from here, there's really only one thing to do, my friends, and that's to see what happens. Godspeed, Marcus. <laughs> this Yankee fan, although not thrilled, to say the least, will give you your shot. You're here now. There's nothing we can do. But there is something you can do. And that's shut us the hell up, dude. Now that it's official and it's reality, that's that's all I can really say, truth be told. So Marcus Stroman is a New York Yankee. <laughs> Started out the first bunch of his years of his career on Toronto, of course, and went to the Mets, found himself in the Cubs, and now it's the Yankees. The one place that I don't think much of anybody prior to this envisioned him ending up. After all the talk, the drama, weird. 
But the fact that he was a fan growing up, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll inspire him to kick ass here. And if he does and contributes to a title even and does his thing here, you watch how quickly he'll be beloved here. I'm not saying I'll ever, I'll necessarily ever like like him, particularly as a person, but I could certainly like the player. Like I said, I can separate the two. From a player standpoint, I'm not completely bummed out that he's here. I think he could provide some good if he's healthy and he doesn't completely fall off like he did in the second half of last year. He's definitely still got good stuff. But obviously the person himself, not a fan of. I just I just don't think he's a good guy from what I've seen. I can't fully judge because I don't know him personally. So just saying based off of what I've seen, I'm not a fan of him personally. I don't have to be. It really doesn't even matter. And even if I wasn't, well, there's not much I can do about it because he's a Yankee. It's pretty much how I feel about it. So I'm not beyond thrilled that he's here. I definitely think there's some risk involved. Even though there's at least a little bit of risk involved in literally everybody. But definitely of late, very recently for him, that's where a lot of my concern lies. But it could work out very well. He could turn out to be a very good addition to the middle of that rotation. Could turn out to be a very good addition. And he could be very fired up to be here, very motivated to pitch to the best of his ability. He definitely, the reports definitely showed there was no conflicting reports on his interest here. There were just conflicting reports about the Yankees' interest back at first, saying that they didn't even really give him an offer at first or really talk to him, and they really said that there wasn't much interest, and there was word that there was interest. But from the beginning, it has definitely been evident from the beginning that Stroman, on his end, had a lot of interest in coming here. So we'll see if that speaks volumes when he actually takes the mound for the first time as a Yankee. It's just hard to believe after all these years of drama and controversy and just borderline hate that he's a Yankee. It's, it's hard to believe. It doesn't feel real. So, something that I never thought would happen has happened. That guy in the social media reply that mentioned him to me, congratulations to you. You must be the offspring of Nostradamus or something. And uh, you got your wish saying that you wanted to see Stroman here. You're probably one of very few prior to the fact, but you got him. Here you go. That's a, that's a really good call. I got to tip my cap to you there. Really good call. So, Marcus Stroman, couple-time All-Star, 32 years old, respectable pitcher in the league really up until... The second half of last year, mostly, I would say. He is now a Yankee. I definitely think they could have done worse. I think there are a lot of worse options that they could have gone after than Marcus Stroman. And especially, like I said, when it comes to speaking about the contract itself, when it comes to judging it based off of the player Stroman is, and what others have gotten when they've produced a lot less of late, um, I'll say it again. I think it's a really good contract. I think it's real good. So hopefully it works out, because this has the potential to be really good. It does. We'll see. Not particularly thrilled, but definitely a lot of worse options out there, and I'll give it a chance. Give it a shot. Now, the one scenario mostly in which I will really not be okay is if it is, in fact, really the biggest move the Yankees make or the only starting pitching move that they made then I'm not going to be okay with it because you still have work to do if you're the Yankees. Right now, the rotation's playing out to be Cole, Rodon, Stroman, Nestor, Schmidt. Because before the Stroman signing, like I said, they didn't even really have a full-on five-man. <laughs> it's pretty scary. But now that they got Stroman, they have a five-man. 
And it's not brutal at that. It's just there are a lot of question marks here as we've really gone into and dove into throughout most of the offseason already. I'm not going to repeat myself too much. But I definitely still think the Yankees could really benefit from getting just one more guy. It would give them plenty of depth for the rotation and also might even allow them to move maybe Nestor or Schmidt or somebody to maybe, if it would fit them better, to maybe the long relief role in the bullpen where Michael King was prior before they gave him his starting opportunities to finish off the 2023 season. Especially if there's really nobody else in the bullpen to pick that up for the time being as of now, one of those guys could serve there, and if there's a, an injury in the rotation, then bring that guy back in the rotation. You can play around with it a bit. It's just good to have depth, and I think you need to have someone that's more of a certainty rather than the uncertainties that still lie in this rotation. Carlos Rodon's an uncertainty. Even Nestor Cortez is an uncertainty. Those are your two biggest question marks, guys who missed major injury time last year, and then when they were pitching, especially in Rodon's case, were not good. So you need at least one more guy, in my opinion. Just one more guy, and I'll feel really good about things. I really will. I know some people would like an extra bullpen guy. Uh, maybe it's bringing back Wandy. Maybe it's looking elsewhere. Like I said, I just don't think Hayter's very realistic. And for the money that he's asking for, I'm really overpaying relievers that much money. I'm really over it. So if it's bringing Wandy back, fine. If it's getting somebody else for a decent price, then fine. You could add to the bullpen if you'd like with another arm or two. But really the main remaining addition that I think they need. I said I think they need a starter or two. Now that one has been acquired, and it's a respectable one, I definitely think that they still need another. And even though it'd be tough to do so, because they've given away a lot in this arena already, particularly with pitching, but they've done a decent job in reestablishing that of late, and I hope they continue to do so. But... Shane Bieber's still the guy that I'm looking at via trade, if I'm being honest. Now, the other names out there, definitely, like I've mentioned before, Snell, Cease, and Bieber. And honestly, like I've said before, I just don't think Snell's very realistic, and especially in light of the latest news, I just don't think he's going to be a Yankee at all. I think that he's not worth $240 million. I know he just won the Cy Young Award, I'm aware of that. But there are definitely some red flags about him. Not saying I wouldn't like him on the team. He'd be a sick addition. But given those red flags, I'm not sure he's worth $240 million. I'm just not too sure about that. Yes, there is admittedly a part of me in the back of my mind that's thinking of, of the Soto situation. But just in itself, too, with Snell, $240 million for a guy who does not go deep into games at all and I know most of the game is predicated on the bullpen eating as many innings as it does now, but you want to avoid that as much as possible, and the Yankees already have enough uncertainties in the rotation. And I know a lot of people are probably saying, oh, but Mike, Bieber's had his injury problems too and, and whatnot. Yeah, but as far as upside is concerned, if you want to talk about upside with any of these guys and having had plenty of evidence in the past that they could really handle being a number two to Garrett Cole, I think Bieber's the guy. I just really do. And I think out of any other guy that you're looking to trade for, I think he might require the least in a package, perhaps. I mean, the Yankees were able to get somebody back just for giving away Estevan Florial with, with Cleveland. I mean, maybe they'd be willing to do the same similar thing with Bieber if they called him up again and 
start asking them for trade possibilities when it comes to Bieber. I mean, the fact they were able to get anybody back for Estevan Florial was pretty crazy. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's really a, you know, kind of an irrelevant example, but just as far as where relations may be between the Yankees and the Guardians when it comes to the potential of making a trade, that's just the only reason I brought that up. But Bieber's really my guy, if I'm being honest. I just think the guy with a lot of people is Dylan Cease. And I'm sorry, I just don't see all the hype when it comes to Dylan Cease. I think the guy's a bit overrated, if I'm being honest. The guy's got good stuff. He throws hard. I get it. But if we're being really honest here when we get down to it, when it comes to seasons that he has had that make you be like, oh my god, like he is, he could actually be like really elite. In five years in the league, he's only had one really good year. And that was in 2022. 2023, he took a big step back. I mean, he's definitely very valuable in the sense that he makes all the starts. 32 starts in 21, 32 in 22, and 33 last year. So he's making all the starts, and he and he's definitely durable. He's healthy. So that's a big positive, especially when it comes to the Yankees, no doubt about it. But 458 ERA, I'd definitely say he was a below-average pitcher last year. Pretty high walk total as well, a bit. Does strike out a lot of guys. Had well over 200 strikeouts each of the last three years. But his only really, really good outstanding season was 2022, where admittedly in 32 starts, 220 ERA, 227 strikeouts, and 184 innings. ERA plus even of 180. 100's average. (laughs) Just to give you a little hint in on that if you don't really know a lot about ERA plus. And then in 2021, eh, 32 starts, 391 ERA. Eh, It's around four. And in the shortened season, if you want to count that at all, he pitched to a 401 ERA, so he was in the fours. And then 14 starts in 2019 in his first year, 579 ERA. His career ERA is just short of four. So, I mean, some of the packages that people are putting together for this guy, I mean, you'd think that he's better than Shane Bieber. He is not. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that Seas is a... When it, from what I've seen with some of these trade packages, I think Seas is being overrated a bit. I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a solid addition. I think he's got some potential, especially with his arsenal of stuff. But, I mean, what some people are saying, like, they would demand Chase Hampton or even Spencer Jones. I would not give Spencer Jones for Dylan Cease. Are you out of your damn mind? I would never. Spencer Jones is the number one prospect in the Yankees system right now. I would not give him for someone who pitched to a four and a half ERA last year, even more than a four and a half ERA. Are you kidding me? And in five years only has had really one good, like, amazing year? Get the hell out of here. Like Spencer Jones and then some. Like, hell no. Give me a break. That's what I'm seeing. Like, some of these packages, I'm like, oh my god, who the hell would ever do that? And yeah, if that's what the White Sox would demand, and I'm the crazy one, well then, yeah, then I guess what I'm trying to say is just don't friggin' do it then. I just wouldn't have a good feeling about that. I'd rather go after Shane Bieber, man. Because you look back at Shane Bieber's career so far, been in the league six years himself. I mean, in his first season, when he started in 19 games, four and a half ERA, it's fine, he was getting his feet wet. 2019, 
right away, 15 and 8 record, 328 ERA, 214 innings pitched. So he's been a horse a lot of the time. Even had two, three complete games and two complete game shutouts. Then in the shortened season, you take with this what you will, obviously, 163 ERA. But even then in 2021, 16 starts, not that much, of course. That was really the season when he missed about half the season. A lot of time there. 97 innings, just about 317 ERA. Then he bounced back in 2022 in 31 starts, 200 innings again, 288 ERA. And then in 2023, took a little bit of a step back. 21 starts in 128 innings, spent some of the season hurt, and then 380 ERA. His career ERA is 327. And if you're concerned about his health, well, the upside gives you some comfort, and he's only 28 years old still. So he's still on the younger side. It's not like you have age to worry about. I'm sorry. I just... That's my guy. And hopefully, because of the fact that the last season wasn't great, that would drive down the ask somewhat. And you could get him for a reasonable package. And I think that he'd be a better number two to Garrett Cole than Dylan Cease would be. Just my personal opinion. I think the numbers speak for themselves. The only thing is the injury risk. And that definitely is a concern. But, I mean, if he's got a clean bill of health, you could verify that. I mean, and Shane Bieber's healthy. That could be a very good arm to have in your rotation. Very good. Most of the years of his career, the vast majority of his career, listen to those numbers. That's my guy right there. So if you can make it happen, that's the trade that I'm making happen. And haven't necessarily envisioned a trade package for him yet. I mean, if one is to take place before I am to do that, then I'll just judge it after the fact. But if you can get that done, then I'm set and I'm feeling really good about this Yankee team, man. Obviously, injuries could still happen all over the place and you could just collapse all the same, as it has many times. But when it comes to how the roster is right now, if they were able to trade for Shane Bieber with how things are right now, I'd be feeling better about this Yankee team than just about any Yankee team, probably since 2009. Probably, if I'm being really honest with you. So, I just think one more starting pitch is really what's needed. That's my personal opinion. They do that, I'll be feeling really good. But if they're done with Stroman and this this is their rotation, I'm going to be pretty uneasy when it comes to the rotation. I'll still feel confident in the offense, for the most part, but... And the bullpen, too. I always trust the bullpen. The Yankees' bullpen seldom disappoints on the whole. But, yeah, I still need more. Still need more to feel more confident about the rotation. So that's really the last big piece of news for this for these past two weeks, guys, for 2024. Just a couple other things I wanted to mention before I end here. Uh, a couple of things people might be interested in. On the 4th, also, Bader went to the Mets. That's another piece of news that surprised me. Harrison Bader to the Mets. So... The Mets continuing to get the Yankees sloppy seconds, I guess. <laughs> Just me being toxic, don't mind. Um, yeah, but getting Luis Severino, now getting Harrison Bader. I mean, listen, Bader, I know he liked it here in New York. And uh, the Yankees weren't taking him back, obviously. The time here did not end well at all, really. I mean, not for sake of bad attitude or anything. I mean, Bader was really emotional to leave here, and it was really tough to see him leave because of that, and he's a very likable guy, but I'm just talking about when it comes to on-field performance did not end well here at all, but now he's back in New York, just 
across town, which is really weird. I mean, especially given how it ended and, you know, how he spent much of his time here. Not to be rude or anything, I have nothing against Harrison Bader at all, and I wish him all the best. Certainly not going to lose sleep with the Mets signing him, though. Certainly not going to lose any sleep. But I will say that it has been very strange hearing his name being associated with them. That's for sure. Really weird. (laughs) So Harrison Bader's a Met. Didn't see that one coming at all. And I just want to give a tip of the cap to Rachel Balkovec as well. And some of you may not know who she is, but she's been in the Yankees system for the last couple of years in the minor leagues as a manager. First female to do so. But she did just get a job with the Miami Marlins as their farm director. So this woman just keeps on going up and up and up and up the ladder, and I think that's really good. She seems to know what the hell she's talking about. That's really all that matters to me in this world. I don't care what you are, what the color of your skin is, whether you're a guy or a girl, I could not care less. You know what you're doing, then you deserve to be in a position of someone who makes a lot of key decisions. I don't really I don't really care what you are. If you know what you're doing, that's what I care about. But I do know that it is a very big deal nonetheless to have a woman in that kind of position like that. And she's really paving the way for a lot of other women who would like to do the same thing and follow the same sort of path, same sort of trajectory. So, honestly, hats off to Rachel Balkovec. Shame to hear that she's leaving the Yankees organization, but hey, onward and upward, if this position's going to be even better for her, if it's even more highly desired from her, if she, this is the area that she wants to work in, then God bless her. That is awesome. Glad to hear of her getting this position. Congratulations to her, and congratulations to the Marlins on the hire. And I couldn't be happier for her. This girl really seems like she knows what she's doing. So all the best to her and for even bigger and better things in the future. I know a lot of people have been a big fan of her and a lot of people were commending her for this. This is really making its rounds in the news because she's really, really being a pioneer for this stuff, really paving the way for a lot of women in this industry. So definitely wanted to mention that here on Yapping Yankees today and tip my cap to her as well. Well, guys, that is just about all for episode 207 of Yapping Yankees today. Like I said, I mean, still a good amount of time on the episode today, over an hour. What a shocker. (laughs) But it would have been even longer with the social media segment. So, listen, I know today probably wasn't the most of entertaining episodes. I definitely know that. I'm still not feeling that great. So, again, like I asked you to do so for me earlier in the episode, I hope you bared with me today. And I hope it wasn't too insufferable to listen through. (laughs) I did my best to try to make it entertaining here at times, but mostly just here for the information and to talk about how unbelievable it is that Marcus Stroman's a freaking Yankee. And um, and just talk about everything else that's happened in these last couple of weeks. Lots of news that's come in. Lots of crap has happened. Yankees getting depth. Yankees getting Stroman. Lots of other things around the league that might grab the attention of a lot of Yankee fans. Um, arbitration being dealt with. Just a lot of crap coming through. So... It's entirely possible something could happen this coming week, too. Maybe the Yankees get another starting pitcher. Who knows? If anything major does happen, I will be back at you next Sunday, the 21st. But otherwise, same bi-weekly thing. I'll be back at you on the 28th otherwise. But shortly, mid-February, mid to late February, as soon as the spring training games start, bi-weekly format's done. It's back to weekly here on Yapping Yankees which is fun. Can't wait for that. Can't believe baseball's that close. That was another big announcement in the news segment, how close spring training is starting back up and all the workouts are. It's, it's so cool. Can't freaking wait. But nonetheless, 
I hope that you guys were able to bear with me in this episode, knowing that I'm not at my best. Hopefully, the next time we do talk, whether it's next Sunday or the following Sunday, hopefully I'm in better shape and we can get back to having the usual fun that we typically have here on the show every single episode. But I do still hope that this episode was at least mildly enjoyable for you nonetheless. And I will continue to do my best to get better each and every day. Like I said, that starts with trying to return back to work tomorrow and just getting back to life and stepping outside and getting that fresh air and just getting back to the grind, I guess, right? So it is good to be back, though, and it is good to at least feel some sort of positivity when it comes to the road coming back from this flu because after a while of feeling as crappy as I did, you just start to feel like this is never going to end. But, you know, at least there's some encouraging feelings here that I am on the mend, finally. So, hopefully next time we talk, I'm better. But as for now, episode 207, that is all, guys. I hope it was at least mildly enjoyable for you guys. If you do not already, please be sure to follow me on all social medias. Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. My Twitter, or X, is at Mike Scudero. And my Instagram is MikeScuds97. Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it is available on. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love across all four like you all always do such a great job of doing, my friends. And if you have the time, if you have missed any of the past Yapping Yankees episodes, do not fret. You can listen to episodes 34 all the way up to 207 today on YouTube. And every Yapping Yankees episode that has come out since the beginning, about four and a half years ago, going back to episode one, all the way up to today's episode, those are all available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, though, I thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today, my friends. As always, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you if there's anything big that happens next Sunday the 21st, if not this week, then in two Sundays on January 28th when I come at you with episode 208 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, go ahead and kick life's ass this week, my friends. I know a lot of people out there have been getting sick along with me, so if you're getting sick as well or if you're already sick, or you feel something coming on, just take it easy, take care of yourself, stay hydrated, try to eat even if you don't have an appetite, I know it's hard, take your medicine, and rest, 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 do not overexert yourself if you do not have to, it's tough, especially if you have something that hits you as hard as this hit me this past week, man, my god, so just try to power through, 2024 is definitely testing some of us right out of the gate, it's all good, we got this, right? Hope the Yankees make some more moves. It's been an exciting last week or two. Definitely making some progress on that starting rotation. Let's keep building on it. And let's keep building towards getting that team together, assembling the team that'll finally bring us number 28. That is the goal at the end of the day, isn't it? So hopefully by the next time we talk, whether it be next week or the week after, we'll have more to report on on that quest to assembling this roster that could win us number 28. But until then, guys, thank you again so much for spending over an hour with my nasally ass today, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care, and as always, let's go Yanks. Yanks.